Yeah. Podcast. How brave of you. Nate and Paranoid American may think that they're merely discussing cryptozoology, interdimensional realities, and crude humor. But know this, listening to this podcast puts you on a certain list, the Clinton body count, if you will. The truths they reveal are not for the faint of heart, nor the blissfully ignorant. Listen, if you dare, but remember, some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. And now, your hosts, those audacious explorers of forbidden knowledge, the reality czars, Nate and Paranoid American. And we're live. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, and we're your hosts tonight, Nate and Thomas, the paranoid motherfucking American. Rakaka! <laughs> Dude, we got a lot of people on here today, but we have two new guests that we've never had on before, so we're going to let them introduce themselves first. We got Andy, we got Grayson. You guys fight amongst yourselves. Who's going to say what first? You guys have an awesome show that I found on Facebook. I think I told you this. I was on the toilet drinking a beer. It was probably around uh, like midnight or something, and I was just like scrolling and I was, I think I was watching Mr. Ballin videos and yours, your guys' show got like recommended on one of those. And, uh, that's how I found you guys, man. You guys are a lot of fun. Uh, I love the shorts. They're, they're spooky stories. I dude, your voice is great. Uh, the way your delivery you. is fucking great. Like it's fantastic. So anyways, Andy and Grayson take the stage. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and where they can find you. You, you want me? Okay. Well, I'll totally, <laughs> I'll take it away. Uh, so we are paranormal night shift. Uh, we are 100% fan-based stories. Uh, it, it's one of those things where everybody's got a story. Everybody has seen something. Some people are really, really good at telling their stories. Some people are not so good at telling their stories. But it's one of those things, you, when you start talking about cryptozoology, when you start talking about skinwalkers and, and witches and hexes and curses and Bigfoots, you have to find your people first. Otherwise, a lot of people don't want to put those stories out into the world because they don't want to be labeled crazy or they, they it's not what they are known to talk about. So I kind of, for lack of a better word, I've kind of created this little safe space where it's like, hey, man, you tell me your story. You want to stay anonymous? You'll stay anonymous. And uh, I go out and I tell them their stories. I send the video to them. They tag it and kind of sign off on it. And it's really kind of taken off over, I don't want to say overnight, but it really has. I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't like uh, some of the fluff. They just want the, the, the quick story. Like, tell me the ghost story. Tell me what you saw. And that's kind of what has, uh, has made this work. It's, it's been real fun. Um, Andy and I both have been, <clears throat> content creators for a couple years now and I, my my gimmick is whatever you want to call it is night shift so we just added paranormal in front of it because it's the people who work when the things that go bump in the night are up and uh just fans submitted stories man it's it's been a fun ride hell yeah dude. oh yeah and uh well i'm the other half of the actual like live shows but i'm also the the behind the scenes guy and I, I make from Grayson's story and I make it even spookier. So whatever you listen to it on all the podcast 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 platforms, <laughs> like you got the background music and all that fun stuff. Like that's what I do for the show. And then of course on our live shows, which 
we have a live show now every single Wednesday night at around 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are live on Facebook and we're live on YouTube at the same time. So it, it doesn't matter which platform you're on and tune into us. We're live on those two platforms every single Wednesday night at 9.45 p.m. And we just go in there and we just tell ghost stories. Um, also, we have made a daily email list where you get a spooky story sent right to your email inbox every single day without fail. And all you have to do to, to find that is just go to paranormalnightshift.com. You go there, sign up, get on the email list, and you will literally get an email from us every single day with a fresh, spooky story. And That's awesome, the, yeah, well, the bulk of them is fan submitted stories that we haven't told yet. Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got an inbox of on all different platforms. I've got an inbox of four or five hundred stories on every different platform. It's hey, tell me this, and a lot of them, a lot of them are ones where like you know, right now we're in October, uh, we're we're in spooky season. Everybody's feeling you know, feeling it. So a lot of them are ones that I'm, I'm saving because. For the, the people who only like spooky season around Halloween, you can't just drop a skinwalker story on somebody and expect them to know what you're talking about. You know, you, you can't talk a Florida skunk ape and people are like, oh, that's Bigfoot. No, it's different is what it is. It's different. Mm. So it's a different it's a different creature. So it, we it's got been a couple Floridians in here tonight. You might have to tell us uh, swamp. Yeah, <laughs> skunk ape. Skunk ape. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the, the same. I've been in Florida for a while. So, I mean, I, I know that it's, like, stinkier, but I figure that's just because it's Florida and everyone's a little bit stinkier. Well, I mean, maybe. It, I, I, I went down to Florida for the first time to, to hang out with Andy in July, which was a horrible decision for somebody who has never been in that Florida heat. In July. And, uh, yeah. I feel like in July. Florida was pranking you, my friend. Dude, that, that was, like, I was making little Pillsbury donuts in my pants the whole time. There was not enough gold bond to go around. It was. It just turns it, into like paste. Yeah. It's just paste, dude. As a big guy in Florida with the heat, like I, I created my own skunk ape, is what it was. It was. You can have yourself a pub sub. That's I'm going to have to tell you a story. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before. Sorry. And then Drew and, and Ben will have you introduce yourself, but I'm going to tell a really quick, uh, dirty kitchen tale. So, uh, so what you're talking about in the kitchen during the summer, it's like Florida all summer long because it's hot. You're back there cooking. The, the flames are going. It's sweaty. It's, it's nasty back there. So what we do is we use a little box of cornstarch, right? So you got to brush up the little bits. You got to go yeah, yeah, yeah. back, brush up the bits. So I had like a little hidden bowl uh, cornstarch just to brush up the bits. And I had it like up on a shelf in, the, in like the employee bathroom. And so I didn't know this, but one of my dishwashers found that thing and he comes out and he's like dry heaving. We're like, what's going on, dude? He's like, hey, and I found what I thought was a bowl of Coke and I did a big fat gummy and pulled out a cube. <laughs> <laughs> and we teased that guy forever. Who would just be <sighs> keeping a bowl in the back of a anyways? Yeah. Yeah. A free bowl just in there. And took a big fat gummy and got one of my big long black curly pubes in his mouth. So that might have been like the road to recovery right there. That would have been like <laughs> that's really it. 
That's a really fast 12 step program, is what that is. Bottom right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next day he came in, he was like LDS and like born again. Oh, absolutely. Hey, so we got a couple other guests in here. Uh, Drew, from You're Missing the Point, brother, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? They all know who you are, but why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Yeah, yeah. You all know at this point. Drew Missing from You're Missing the Point podcast. I'm um, just an Aussie trying to get my voice out about the things happening in Australia while trying to have conversations with people from all around the world at the same time. All the usual stuff you see in these types of uh, conversations, the weird, the wonderful, and the downright bizarre. So, yeah, that's me. Hell yeah, man. And Ben, are you still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, <clears throat> your video is frozen, but we can hear you just fine. Uh, you oh, just man. wrote another new. You just wrote a new book. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, um, I guess these days I'm kind of doing a lot of different things, but mainly I've been writing crypto zoology books, and I uh, wrote one recently about cryptids and. Uh, very remote, exotic places around the world. And uh, I guess other than that, uh, me and Nate, uh, we've been doing some paranormal investigations, some uh, Bigfoot investigating. And also, I'm kind of like the videographer of that. And uh, yeah, we, I, we got a lot going on right now, I would say. But uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's mainly what I've been doing these days. So uh, yeah, it's great to be back. Am I awesome. still frozen? You're still frozen, but that's fine. We can hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you sound great. And it, you know what? It's not the worst Thank thing you. that it's frozen on, so it could be way worse. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. It could be way worse. It's, it's, really? it's taste, tasteful. It's very tasteful. All right, then. That's okay. Yeah, you some cornstarch or something. Would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, uh, I would love to hear maybe one of those spooky tales that you're holding on to for for October, do you think you can give us a sneak peek, or uh, maybe you can give us a blast from the past? What What were some of your your favorite scary stories that you got in? Me, uh, Grayson. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, I thought you <laughs> said Ben too. Okay. Okay. My my <clears throat> one of my all time favorite stories is um is one that so I t I tell a lot of stories, but this is one that just has always thrown me through a loop, and it. It is called, I call it, He Knew Her Name. And I don't know, I know Andy's got kids and the rest of you guys, but I, as a father, kind of protect my kids from things that they don't need to know about. This story comes in from a friend, from a friend of mine named Tim, and he, his family was not exactly the best. He had a very bad relationship with his mom and his dad, and he was sent to live with his grandmother. And unfortunately, grandma wasn't much better. Uh, there, there was a lot of incest and a lot of uh, essays and a lot of very bad things happening. She was not a good woman. So when Ben finally got old, or when he finally got old enough to, to leave that situation, he just cut himself out of the family. Didn't do anything. The grandmother had convinced him that she was a witch and that if he had ever told anybody that she would come and get him. That there was no escape. She would come and get him. So he kept it and then kept his family away from it. Got married, had a couple kids, never introduced his, his wife to the family, never introduced his children to the family. Well, grandma passed away and then the dad passed away. 
And the mom said, look, your, your dad passed away, left a lot of stuff for you. I don't, you know, he, does, he doesn't want any of that. <laughs> Either way, mom sends a package. And it's filled with stuff. Just useless stuff. And a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures of him as a kid with grandma. And instantaneously, he's like, I don't want these in my house. This woman was evil. All the horrible things that she did to me. I don't want these in my house. Kids being curious, kid goes and starts looking at him. And he's like, look, don't, don't mess with these. This woman was not a good woman. Who is that? You know, that that's you when you were a kid, but who's this? But then the, the youngest of his sons looks at the photo and goes, I know that woman. What are you talking about? I know exactly who that is. That's, that's Cleo. She comes and visits me in my dreams. And she knows you, and she doesn't like you anymore, Daddy. Like, that story for me as a dad, I'm like, there. that's a level of creepiness. It's a good old-fashioned campfire story, but when you get those from people who, they, <clears throat> the guy who sent it to me is a police officer. He's one of those people that you, you have to kind of feel like you believe, you know? Like, he's not going to be able to tell this story and be taken seriously anywhere else and then when you know somebody like that sends you a story you're like man that's that's nuts and it, it does it deals with you know different concepts of curses and witches and you know is it is it some form of astro projection why does the kid know this name he's never heard dad talk about the name never heard dad do anything doesn't even know what dad has in the mail but gets a picture of this woman and his dad and he knows exactly who it is it's yeah, just a good story wild. Does that make that kid like less of your favorite? Like if that was your favorite kid and then it's like grandma's talking to me in my dreams, like you're not my favorite kid anymore. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. That's your sister. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's all you're trying to do. That, like that that now becomes the organ donor kid. You just hope it's the same blood type. That's yeah. that's that's really it. Yeah. I mean that's, that's why you have the third one, right? It's the spare parts, is what it is. It's the spare parts. Oh, you joke, man. We're we're getting there. <laughs> I don't get to cut loose all, all too terribly often, so I'm going to enjoy it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, you you are welcome. I always tell people that you are more than welcome to try to destroy this page if you want. So, <laughs> <laughs> It, they haven't taken it down completely yet. So, and, and I, I have live streaming privileges right now. So, nice. Oh, damn. Boy, yeah. We need to teach them that they should not give you this much power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Drew, that, do wanna, Drew, do you want to tell us? Uh, you, you were telling us a little bit earlier that uh, you had some information about a Yowie. And do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I've been deep diving into Aboriginal folklore and mythology and dreaming for a little over two and a half years now. So I've made a lot of connections with local mobs and a couple of people around Australia and recently spoke to a young woman from North Queensland. And she told me a story about a type of a shaman, which I already knew about, but she gave me some greater detail on it that I don't think is actually within the public sphere of what Anglo-Australians or Europeans know of. So there's a shaman within Aboriginal folklore called a Kadachi man. And this is a person who's summoned upon by the tribe or the mob to enact vengeance upon someone and curse them. 
They're, they stand out by having a, a special type of shoe, and this shoe is called a interlena shoe. And this shoe is made out of emu feathers, human hair, and is soaked in human blood to give it power. Now, these, these shaman, when they get called upon, they have to be given a name of someone that they're going to go after. And they get given the name, they'll find the person, and they'll point a bone at them. In Aboriginal culture, if you point a bone, like an emu bone, a kangaroo bone, or a human bone in this case, at another human being, it marks them for death. And so mm. the fol folklore tells us that within the next 24 hours, that person is going to die. Now, the interesting part about this is that I've been told that these Kadachi men can actually go invisible. When they wear their shoes, the power that's given to them through the blood magic allows them to become invisible and travel through in throughout country in different mobs areas being undetected. Now, the interesting part of this is I instantly made a connection with what a lot of people are seeing now with, with Bigfoots and Yowies that they have this ability to somehow cloak themselves. So I mentioned that. I, I just offhand, I said, oh, that's what I hear about with Bigfoot in, in North America, that they can actually go, go invisible. And she said, well, it's interesting that you say that. A lot of our sightings of Yowie in Australia, if you look at the feet, they have feathers attached to the bottoms of their feet. So it's suggesting huh. these men can also transform into a Yowie, somewhat to like an American skinwalker. That's awesome, dude. Dude, Drew, um, so I just heard a theory about how Bigfoots are able to cloak themselves, and it kind of like made sense. It was like a light bulb moment. Um, so I posted like this post recently, like I was just like, is it possible that Bigfoots can um, – manipulate their aura or personal energy field and that's how they like supposedly cloak or dematerialize and i posted it on facebook in this like big bigfoot group and in those groups there's a lot of people who get very triggered when you post stuff like that they're like no bigfoot's just an animal there's no supernatural or anything but this one guy posted a very insightful comment he was like, in my opinion, and also Ron Moorhead, he's a guy who wrote a book called Quantum Bigfoot. He said, Bigfoots use energy and vibration. So when they're cloaking themselves, they basically make the air around their body, like the particles in their air start vibrating and start heating up in the energy. And that basically blurs them out. Like it doesn't make them invisible, but it just makes their whole body very blurry. And then this is the part that really blew my mind. He was like, on our modern like digital cameras on your cell phone, if you're filming and you try and take a picture of a Bigfoot and it is doing this thing with the energy, the aura, that will not register on your camera. It's not going to show up. But if you were to be filming on like an old school uh, VHS or think about uh, Patterson Gimlin, the clearest Bigfoot footage ever recorded. That was recorded on like a old school film reel, like a very, very low tech camera. And those cameras, since they're just like uh, analog, uh, they're not really affected by this cloaking technology. And I, I was just kind of like, okay, so think about every single uh, classic best Bigfoot footage. It's probably was filmed on like a VHS camcorder or something back in the nineties. And nowadays like people post like images from their trail cameras or whatever. 
and it is always blurry as hell. Why is that? I kind of think uh, that might explain it really well to me. So what you're saying is we need to bust out some old Polaroids. <laughs> exactly. If you want to get Bigfoot, you have to use like low tech as possible. And uh, the other thing that he said was he was like, you know, the tree structures like me and you saw one of those, Nate. We did, like, man. So he was like, according to our research, these tree structures are either markers and they are basically mark vortexes or areas with very, very high EMF readings and energy readings. So he's like, if you're ever out looking for Bigfoot, bring your like EMF detector or all your ghost busting tools. Your instruments are going to go fucking crazy when you put them up to like uh, one of these tree structures. Like it's a proven thing at this point. So it's very, very interesting to me. Uh, it kind of kind of makes sense. I don't know, well, but ben, I wish we had done that. <laughs> funny you should say that, Ben, because there's stories of outback encounters with yowies or areas where yowies are supposed to be, and a lot of cattlemen and and farmers they don't actively take their cattle through certain areas of bush because they're so afraid of that area. Well, anyway, we've got this big, huge tourism thing in Australia, and you have these British backpackers that come out and visit these areas, and they're told not to go into those places. They go in anyway, just being tourists. And often they'll walk through something and they'll end up on the other side of the state, not knowing how they got there in an instant. And the local people in the area will go, um, so where'd you come from? Oh, I was just walking through the bush. He goes, oh, you walked into the bush, did you? Yeah, no worries. Jump in. We'll drive you back. And then the Poms in this car or the Brits get driven three to four hours across the other side of the state. Bigfoot stargates, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wow. I'm, I'm here in North Carolina. So, we have uh, the Appalachian Mountains, and that is the Bigfoot ph phenomenon down here that we get told all the time is, like, it's... I know a lot of people in the cryptozoology world do not like believing that Bigfoot is some sort of extraterrestrial being, but that, that seems to be a lot of the stories that I've been getting here recently seem to imply that that mindset a lot more. I don't know if it's become more of an openly accepted thing that maybe it's not so much, you know, just a primary or a, a primal animal, but maybe these things are some sort of sentient. Maybe they, they do have a little bit more self-awareness than uh, we're giving them credit for. Or, I mean, I love Drew's story right here. What if it is some sort of blood magic what if they are the you know the the the, the curse part of it and, and uh i don't know man i think it definitely explains a little bit more of the cloaking magic and the the why you choose not to you know why they choose not to give it seen why they seem to just disappear out of nowhere and appear but uh one of the good stories we have is is kind of like what uh drew's talking about where we they there was a hiker in the appalachian trail and if you actually do the whole Appalachian Trail, you'll you'll go all the way up into Vermont, and um, that that has been some of the stories that we've gotten is guys come encounter with something, um, they take off running into the woods, and now they're hundreds of miles away from where they have started, 
And, and that I think that's what fascinates so many people about Bigfoot is you used to only get the, you know, the Patterson-Gimlin footage. You you used to only get the the really fuzzy footage. But a lot of the stuff that is being released now and a lot of the stuff that people are, are showing now, it, it's, you know, I think as digital technology advances, the, the concepts behind these cryptids are going to start advancing as well because you're getting clearer footage. You're getting... You're, you're being able to debunk a lot more of what's fake and what's unexplained. Well, right. Grayson, hasn't the uh, North American great ape kind of died a quick death? It's kind of moving away from a physical being into a, a metaphysical or spiritual, even alien being now. People can't explain <clears throat> these these abilities beyond just an ape walking around banging trees in North America. Absolutely. I mean, it seems to be something that I, I think a lot of people um, have had that 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 mindset for a long time and, and then i think you know as the audience and as the people who are engaged with the paranormal grow and become a little bit younger and a little bit more wiser it's a lot different than what it was when we were growing up in the in the 80s and the 90s and things like that the the concepts that people have people aren't so people aren't so set in, in their christian beliefs anymore to where it can be explained away by evolution. Now, now people have a little bit more open mind to be able to say that there's something happening that we can't explain. What uh? Could you guys talk you, about skunk ape? Because <laughs> you said that the the skunk ape's not the same as Bigfoot. It's another creature, and I'm I'm interested because the skunk ape is is Florida boy Bigfoot. Right. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question? Does Skunk Ape walk around with an alligator under one arm, wearing a tank top and some? <laughs> I thought that was that yeah, alligator. Yeah, he's got no, crushed up bath salts right here under this. That's a, yeah, that's the real way to tell. Yeah, no, that's just Andy on a Friday, is what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's bro. just flip flops. Yeah, minus the flip flops, he'll walk around no shoes. We when, when I was down in Florida, I was like, you can't go into Publix with no like you have to put shoes on. <laughs> we legitimately had to walk back to his truck to get shoes. I'm like, yeah, I I, I think you, I, I don't know. People are getting food here. I don't think it's a thing. Um, so I, I've had a lot of skunk ape stories from the Florida area, but I, I think the concept behind the skunk ape not being what you would consider Bigfoot. There's a lot of people who still believe that there's one Bigfoot and he's in Montana. You know what I mean? And there's one Bigfoot and he's in, he's in Utah or there's one Bigfoot and he's, so I think the concept of the skunk ape is that it, the, the, the little folklore story is the traveling circus. Um, if you've ever been down to Florida, you'll understand it's a lot of swampland and um, it's a lot of, it, it, they still have a lot of railroads and a lot of uh, a lot of island hoppings, especially down in Key West area and, and the Keys. You'll have these little islands that might have one, two houses on them, and then you know. But that's that's it's only it's only a mile long. It's got two or three houses on it, but that's an island. That's a town. So the idea of the skunk ape is that it happened in the early. 20th century like early 1920s something like that there was a traveling circus and for lack of a better word because it's going to just make me laugh that there was some sort of man bear pig kind of situation you know you've got half man half half ape skunk ape 
escaped from the circus or was left because he was he, he was costing the circus too much to feed, and now he's a lot like a wild man kind of thing, you know, covered in hair, but because he lives in the swamps, he has a, a very strong smell. And most of the, the Florida skunk ape theory is how Bigfoot is, is known to have more of a, a brown fur coat. The skunk ape is, is meant to look like a skunk. He's got a white chest plate and a whole bunch of black, thick, like more of a gorilla, a huge gorilla with man-like features. Yeah, I... I it's something to that extent because there's a town is... here called gibsonton i think and uh gibsonton florida is where like all of the the carney and and circus like freak show people it was like their retirement community like they turned the, an entire city full of them it's where like lobster boy ended up how a whole much bunch fun of was that dude i bet they partied you know how like your old retirement homes down in florida swing a lot and they actually get a lot of stds all those old that's folks close there. by bro that's like right <laughs> outside the Orlando, man. circus freaks just going to town the smells that came out of that place <laughs> that might be where the skunk ape got its name <laughs> you know man bear pig yes yeah man bear pig absolutely so is he but, supposed to be smaller than Bigfoot? Because what I've looked at it, he's a little bit shorter. Is that correct? Yeah. I've heard he's like four feet tall, right? Like he's actually kind of a small Bigfoot. It's supposed to be like a man size kind of thing. So I mean, I've heard I've heard heard rumors that he's four foot tall. I've heard the stories where he's seven to eight foot tall. But most of the stories that I've actually had fans submitted, where it's somebody from Florida going, "Hey, my dad saw the skunk ape at one point in time." It's just larger than a man, but not, not this great ape. You know, Bigfoot stories are the same way, though. I mean, you've got Sasquatch, you've got Yetis. Yetis are supposed to be what, like thirteen foot tall monsters, and mm. and then you've got Bigfoot that's supposed to be somewhere between seven and eight foot tall. I've heard skunk ape stories where he's a short little guy, and I've heard stories where he's a giant guy. It's Florida, so you can only take so much of it seriously. Drew, how big is Yowie supposed to be? Uh, roughly the same size as Bigfoot. About eight feet tall. Yeah, but there around. is there is one which is called it's like uh it's called a Quinkin and it has a specific name and there's only one of them supposedly and it was a giant. It was like 15, 16 foot tall. And I remember you coming on and telling me about that. The Quinkin was supposed to be the good guy, right? And the uh, Yowie the, was the butthole. Quinkin is the generic term for spirits, and then they have special names under that. So there's Imjim and Tamara. Tamara are the good okay. guys, and Imjim are the bad guys. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome, man. Uh, I've got a spooky tale to tell you. Um, I was about 14 years old, and I was on a mission trip to Africa with my church. And we had another missionary, and he was from uh, England, and he was telling us this story that had happened to him, I think a couple weeks earlier. And he was telling us about this witch doctor that it lived up, that lived down the way. And like sincerely out there, uh, you are, you stay the hell away from the witch doctors. Like they're super serious down there. And the people down there take him very, very seriously. Like uh, the curses that they can do and or the poisons that they have or, you know, you just like you give them a wide berth and a lot of respect, you know. And so he had been down there and he had been preaching, uh, you know, the good word of Jesus down there. And this had infuriated one of the one of the witch doctors. And so he says that he was just walking down the road and he sees this little man like 
all dressed up crazy. You know what made me think about it, Drew, was uh, thinking about the the feathered guy. Like you were talking about the the assassin, right? So he he sees this guy behind him, <laughs> and he's walking like a mile down the road, and he turns around again, and the guy is still following him. And he goes like another mile down the road because he's like walking to the next village. He sees the guy behind him again. And finally, like, you know, he, he keeps seeing this guy. This keep, guy keeps giving him kind of a dirty look. And he just turns around to like talk to him, kind of confront him. And he goes up to him and he goes, hey, what's going on, man? Uh, and the dude doesn't say anything. All he does is he like points and he points directly at this chicken that was sitting on a fence. And this chicken drops dead. And he, he goes, wow. Well, what? and then the guy goes, who are you? And he goes, who are you? You know, that sort of thing. And he goes, I've been pointing at you this entire time and you're still walking. And so it was like this wild thing. And so like, this was like his kind of testimony and how he brought this witch doctor to Jesus and things like that. But that was a wild tale. And when I was 14 years old, I was like, holy crap, those witch doctors can point at you and kill you. <laughs> now, in my head, I literally just pictured the guy handing him a Jesus card, like, you know, the mm -hmm. reverse. <laughs> Jesus card. Done. <laughs> well, that's what happened. I guess the witch doctor turned around his ways and he never pointed at people again. <laughs> it always seems to be like the witch doctors the shamans all these first nations people in their their tribal law they seem to have these abilities and transformation seems to be one curses it's all interwoven and interlinked it, it's yeah. absolutely fascinating too and i love how so much of that has has like you know you have certain places that that have that influence in, in in north america places like uh new orleans where you have the the huge voodoo and santeria culture and everything seems to make people go well there's curses and and voodoo and and hoodoo and everything else behind it man i i i love a good creepy witch doctor story because it goes it it does it goes into those i call them soapbox topics you, you're not ever going to get people to change certain spiritual beliefs. So it's it's one of those really good ones where it goes against a lot of people's core values. And it that, I mean, it's the same reason The Exorcist is considered one of the most scary movies of all times, because it messes with people's mind that there is good and evil, and sometimes good doesn't win. Man, the level of indoctrination that I had as a kid, like, so how serious I took The Exorcist, and then as a teenager, I think I had just taken about like an eighth of shrooms and my friend decided to put the exorcist on and I had to act tough and just like sit through it. And I was. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not afraid. Yeah, no, keep heard... it going. We can keep watching it. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard that the JFK assassination was a voodoo ritual? I haven't heard the voodoo oh. ritual. I've heard it being um, a a. Uh, You're thinking King Kill Thirty Three, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. like the, the Masonic, you know, yeah, like yeah. The ritual. But so there's a, a guy, um, the the 
the president of Haiti, I believe, Papa Doc Duvier. Oh, dude, I have heard this. What a yeah, great name. Well, he, he was a doctor like early on in his life. This is it's a crazy story, but like early on in life, he would literally walk around Haiti um, into like the remote regions and help people that were sick. And then he came over to the US, he got an education, and then he went back to Haiti uh, to keep like curing people. But he, he works his long story. He works his way up to be president. So he once he gets to the politic angle, a lot of people said that he lost his soul and he turned into this like evil being and he really embraced voodoo. In fact, almost like they like the Germans did, they embraced the occult and they integrate it into their military culture. So Papa Doc, he kind of integrates voodoo into the military to where like the officers were like these high level, you know, voodoo priests. And JFK takes away Haiti's funding at some point. So after he does that, he decides he's going to start sending all these voodoo curses over to J JFK. So when JFK gets assassinated, he claims credit for that as a result of the fact that he's been putting these curses. You can look this up. Like he's got a full interview uh, before he died talking about how he was doing this and how he took credit for it. Yeah, Papa Doc takes oh. credit for smoking JFK. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, that... Yeah, that's a really good conspiracy theory. I like that one. I mean, I, I'm I'm I love going into the rabbit hole of the, the the crazy conspiracy theories, especially ones where people can actually like back some of it up. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely you know, like I, I actually got a like a 200 page graphic novel that I'm that's coming out next year on this exact topic. So wouldn't it be great if we went back to, through the Zabruta film and you see this random black dude just pointing at the car as it's driving? Oh, back? absolutely. That that that's it right there. That's the lady, you know. That's the uh, the lady in the uh, the 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 shawl right there. That's who it is. We've we've uncracked the case. It's Papa Doc. He was there the whole time. He dressed up. He was in and, drag. And put the, he was in drag. He put the scarf over his head. He's the one holding the camera. The one that didn't move. That's it. I think. We can finally lay this to rest. I think we have enough concrete evidence now. It, it, it sounds crazy at its surface, man. But if you start looking into it, there was also like a lot of key player. One of the, the main key players in the JFK assassination was also in Port-au-Prince at that time. Uh, his name was uh, George de Morinchil, and he was a connection between Lee Hart. I don't know if you've seen the Stephen King TV show. It's called like 11... Uh, so, 1163 so yeah 112263 yeah, so uh, so yeah. the the guy at the end or the, the one that basically welcomes them he's like oh you know fellow russians welcome to texas i'll take you under my wing that's george the morinshill and he becomes friends not only with lee harvey oswald but he knows jackie kennedy when she's just a little girl he used oh. to say she would sit on my knee as a kid and he's in port-au-prince he hears about JFK's assassination and he writes in his memoir, I like I, I wanted to believe that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald, but he knew. So again, like it's just it's so random that this guy is in uh Port-au-Prince in Haiti at the exact same time that all this is going down, and he's like the linchpin between Papa Doc, uh um Lee Harvey Oswald, JFK, Jackie Kennedy. It's it's insane. I should have charged him on his name alone. Demorenschild? Come on, so Demorenschild. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, man. Are I there just any, love are there any Bigfoot JFK theories out there? If not, there should be. If not, we can totally make one up and that'll be okay. <laughs> it's probably more related to Q. JFK is alive and he's living with Bigfoot for protection. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's it's totally going to be the topic of Ben's next book is what it's going to be. It's, it's going to be amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> he took a big I'll foot I'll have to look into that. Give me well, a you know, second. I'll, I, I'll I was thinking about... <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about writing a book about cryptid conspiracies because uh, if you look into it, there is a lot of like uh, like rumors about the government knowing about certain cryptids and even Bigfoot and legitimately like covering it up. Uh, oh yes, yeah. it's a really interesting thing. Uh, I I don't know if I can like make a whole book out of it though because. I'll have to look into that a little bit more, but uh, there's kind of, yeah, there's definitely been times the government has uh, well, the FBI talks about Bigfoot in a declassified document, and there's yeah. eyewitnesses who like will clearly state, oh, this uh, like national forest area, uh, it's because of Bigfoot, and the government knows it's there, and that's why you can't go in there. Uh, it's fascinating. It goes back to about it, like like Teddy Roosevelt. I was about to say, like the the Teddy Roosevelt cons conspiracy theory, where you know Tell Teddy Roosevelt, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Teddy Roosevelt has the conspiracy theory, and the National Park Service, and all the the caves over here in the Appalachian Mountains. It's uh, it's it's all you know. A couple people go missing, and it is what it is. But it's all meant so that these these things can have a place to where they're not going to interact with uh, human life on a regular basis. You know, do, do you guys think that Bigfoot can tell if you've got weapons on you? Cause that's like a popular theory. I've heard a lot of times. Dude, I've definitely heard that a hundred percent. I've heard. That I think he can tell your intentions. Like I, I think obviously I think Bigfoot is telepathic. And I say, obviously, cause that was our, the name of our little documentary was, Psychic Sasquatch. Yeah, search for psychic. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Scott Pace really convinced me of that. Like, he's not gonna. Bigfoot can sense your intentions if you're out there looking for him for the reasons of your own like self self aggrandizement. You just want to like capture the ev evidence. Like, Bigfoot doesn't want anything to do with you. But think about people who claim to have like a like some kind of relationship or connection to like Bigfoot to gift them things or actually like know them on like a individual level. Like there's people who say that and uh, yeah, it's those type of people that actually will be able to have an encounter in a sighting because uh, they're actually have go out there with uh, good intentions rather than uh, just trying to like be like, I'm just going to bag one and tag one and take it back to the lab. Like, absolutely. Yeah. It's really important. And no one ever takes that into consideration when you're watching like these TV shows, finding Bigfoot, like you wonder why Bigfoot doesn't want to show itself to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious in my it's opinion. Cause, it's because Bigfoot doesn't like ribs nailed to trees, Bobo. That's why. <laughs> All right. Well, you got the other side of thing. Like, if you put out your intentions of "I love you, Bigfoot," it's okay. I want to be your friend. You end up becoming a forest bride, and no one ever sees you again. It's <laughs> right. There's a lot it's of true. Bigfoot romance yeah. novels that do really there well on. So, and the there... I've heard he's carrying around a baseball bat. So you That's... really need to be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I'm gonna mute myself over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
so so there, there is the question of what does Bigfoot have? Like, is it like one of those sheath things, or is it like a red rocket thing? Like, what what if you do run into Bigfoot and it is a baseball bat? You know, maybe maybe that's why you don't have people telling so many stories. I think it's an uh, ebony nightstick, dude. I think it's oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Nate, Nate's brought this up before. It's one of my favorite theory. I don't give it a whole lot of credit, but that it's so majestic the the baseball bat that whatever you're doing, whoever you are, you just kind of like immediately submit. Yeah, and you don't want to talk about it after it's over, but you can't resist it. No, you can't. You know, and that's it. And that's how the skunk ape was born, and so many other things. That that's what it is. It's truly there. Florida man mated with an actual Bigfoot. That actually starts to make that, a little bit more sense. That makes a lot more sense. All the I can question see is, is, is Nate now with this big board on his wall and it has pictures of different animal penises with red string attached to them and trying to figure out what it really looks like. Connected the dots yeah. to what is Bigfoot. He's got a whole bunch of horses and some donkeys, and he's like, this isn't it! We're going to the key! That's what's happening here! Y'all realize that we're we're literally writing our own videos right now? Oh, yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah, uh, Nate, Nate, when we were out looking for a Bigfoot, like, we came across this tree that had a bunch of big, giant holes in it about, like, waist level, and you made that whole, like speech about it you're like well i have it on good authority you guys that yeah what about uh, i i cut movie? that from our movie <laughs> <laughs> i still have it in the outtakes I make a documentary i guess yeah yeah <laughs> the opposite knock special that you could put out sometime they call it wood knocks right he's wood knocking <laughs> hey, <you> see that he's <laughs> watching my life it's good to point out that the patterson gimlin footage is supposed to be a female Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Well, she's at. She's got big, swaying over the shoulder boulder holders. It is quite interesting though, because a lot of this does relate to precedents of women going missing, missing in those areas, like Native women. There's a high account of um, disappearances of Indian tribes along that route where Bigfoot supposedly is. So there is some kind of truth behind the madness we're speaking. Are there cave systems in uh, Australia too that that coincide with Bigfoot, or not as much? Not as much, but we have song lines. So in Aboriginal folklore, there's these paths and trails throughout all of Australia, which is supposed to be these spiritual gateways, which they travel all around the country. And that is coincides with sightings of Bigfoot around Australia. That's interesting, man. Yeah, we've definitely, we've covered that here. I don't know if Grayson and, uh, and Andy, I don't know if you guys have had any other talks about this, but like, there's a big correlation between like the missing 411 and Bigfoot sightings and even more so um, uh, underground cave systems. All of like a big correlation between the three. Now, most of what we do, yeah, most of what we do over on our show is is fan submitted stories. Like that's it's actually like 100% what we do. But as a fan of the paranormal yeah I've, I've heard all of the the fun conspiracies and all of the the stories not like not only do i really enjoy telling the stories but i'm a, a big this is this is why i love my wife by the way she's like you're having a good time here you need this and i'm like thank you sweetheart but um <laughs> that is the um you can't come on this one buddy i'm sorry but um 
now little man has decided he wants to join us in the podcast room. But that's the um, that's one of the things for me. Yeah, I've, I've heard so many of the stories and so many of the theories. I was trying to look up the guy's name's Toby, um, and I know he's got a, a Bigfoot one. And I, what was it called? The uh, the Owl Project, the um, the the Owl Moon Project, where when you were talking about bringing um, Bigfoot being able to know weapons, that was one of the things that he brought up in in the uh, the episode that I listened to, to him with, where he he was saying that yes, Bigfoot is is aware of your intentions. Intentions are, are everything. So if you go with the intention that you're, I'm going to bag it and tag it, then yeah, he's going to, and people, even, even the people who were on that research and that finding um, on their investigation, the guys who were armed were the ones that started feeling physically ill or scared. Um, I know that they said that they had been spotting him up on a ridge and they had guys who were armed that were going up the ridge and it was like one by one, they all started cowering down because something in their mind was communicating with them that um no that, like it's a no-go if you go up here i think attention's a big thing especially in the um especially in in the bigfoot research and in the sasquatch research if you're trying to go out there and and harm him i mean why why and, and we're talking about this intelligent being why would why would I mean this is an apex predator, right? I mean it's been alive for how long? Surviving in the woods. Clearly it hunts, it eats something, you know, so why would it why would it be seen? Why would it let you try to hurt it? So it I I love a lot of the, the, the stories behind it and the cave systems and things like that. I think really it's one of those things that explains a lot of it away. You know, it, it's like, yeah, clearly I think the, the government does know that he's around, he or she's around. Um, I think that we allow we allow it to exist because I mean, think of the vast wilderness that has never been explored. You really think that somebody has put step foot in every inch of national park? No, you have one park ranger for a hundred thousand miles or a hundred miles. So, you know, and is he going to go and and report in that he encountered something? Exactly. I mean, it's a state-funded job, so no, it, it's not. It's not going to happen. I, I think. I think there's a lot more that we're not getting told behind it. You know, honestly, and it goes yeah. back. It goes back into the idea of who. You know, it, it, it really is. Are you going to talk about it? Because who's going to believe you? I mean, that's that's what you have in a lot of the paranormal stories in general. Is who's going to believe you? I mean, you talk aliens. And, and automatically, you assume that it's some bumpkin in a cornfield. It's never the most intelligent person in the world talking about it until recently. Now you're having these declassified things coming out, and it's it's making people think a lot more about the paranormal. Well, it was those bumpkins that were willing to talk about it. The people that had something that, uh, you know, the people that had something to lose weren't willing to talk about those experiences. And, and I think that a lot more people, especially nowadays when people have cameras, people have the internet, people are like talking to one another. They're like, Oh, I'm not the only person that has experienced this. Exactly. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. You know, there's a lot of people that have had these experiences. And uh, as far as what you're talking about, like uh, the Sasquatch being, you know, in underground cave systems or hiding in the woods and being an apex predator, things like that. Like, I mean, it really kind of opens the door to like, what the heck is he, you know? And uh, I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I think Alex Jones kind of popped that cherry when he talked about 
when he first went on Joe Rogan and he talked about aliens being not a physical thing, but more of an interdimensional thing. And yeah. well, he, he called them interdimensional child molesting vampires, which kind of blew everyone's like, what? <laughs> uh, that was, was after he he smoked by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but again so that one like that's the thing about aj is like he always like says something that's true but he has to say it in the most crazy way possible that it almost spins it and makes people so some people will call him a disinformation agent even if he doesn't know it you know, because he'll say it in the most sensational way, and then people will go like, "Yeah, whatever, dude." You know, <laughs> but I think there's absolutely some truth to it. You know, and and I think that's kind of what uh, kind of changed our sort of opinions, or at least mine, opened my eye, my ideas like to to this whole connection with the paranormal and it all sort of being connected and all sort of being interdimensional. Um, but I also love the idea about uh, Bigfoot being in the wild, like in the in the national parks and things like that, and that the government's hiding him. And, uh, dude, absolutely, dude. I think, like, I've told this story too many times, so maybe I won't. But, like, just the whole idea that, like, there actually could be a division of, like, park rangers that are watching these guys that are, like, the yeah. crypt, uh, like men in black that keep an eye on these things. And, yeah, man, it's super fascinating. Well, and also the, the homeless Bigfoot, so that the ones that you do see out in the wild are the are like the homeless ones, and everyone else is actually living in like Bigfoot cities, and that might be another reason why you don't see them very often. Yeah, they're the yeah, schizophrenics man. of their society, and they're wandering around all naked. Yeah, right, the, the military veterans, holographic basically. clothes and things. Yeah. We've had guests on the show in the past that have explained to us that they actually they are of a higher like level of like consciousness and that they have like way more advanced technology and live in these like underground uh, like uh, cities that are just vast and like have crazy technology that we can't even imagine. And that the, that the Bigfoots that we run into are their version of the homeless. They're, they're, they're just the crazy <laughs> ones that are out in the forest, and these are the ones that we that we interact with, that we run into. Uh, I think that's fascinating. I'm not sure yeah. about that, but I like it. And so they also, they, he was also making the case that uh, when we see these UFOs, because of the connection, like if you think about Skinwalker Ranch, you'll see uh, like these sightings of UFOs and aliens and different things. But you'll also uh, hear people talk about little Bigfoots and little uh, like. Like yeah. Sasquatch around in that whole area, that it's Bigfoot that's driving around these UFO that are driving around these UFOs, and uh, he says that when if also maybe if you catch them in the forest, that's them out like taking a drive, and they're out there camping too. He says they're on vacation. I <laughs> love it. I love that idea. Uh, I think I, I think I love the I think I love the the. I think I love the idea of more of Bigfoot camping and chilling a lot more than I do like schizophrenic homeless Bigfoot who just made some bad life choices. Cause that, you know, I got a lot of respect for the guy. He just wants to be left alone, but you know, like there's something about a Bigfoot coming around asking for acorns, like, Hey man, spare some acorns. But I really just don't want to visit, you know, I don't want to visit that part with Bigfoot. He's too, too much of a majestic creature. Thomas in Australia was asking, what are the ones that live in the snowy mountains? Those are the Yeti. Yetis and the, yeah. um, and, and the Alma. And the Alma, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Alma is near China, right? Yeah. Well, oh, I wrote a uh, chapter about the Yetis in my book, and uh, 
I looked deep into like the whole Yeti phenomenon. So it turns out there's a national park in uh, the country of Bhutan. It's it's a it's like a nature reserve, and Bhutan is a isolated country. Uh, until the 1970s, no outsiders were allowed in there, and now you have to pay a really steep daily fee. Anyway, they created this place called the Sakting Net National Park for the purpose of having a protected habitat for their yetis. Because everyone there is like absolutely convinced they're real and thinks they're a real animal. And uh, the only time it's ever been uh, documented was actually uh, the TV show Destination Truth. And they had uh, Josh Gates, you know, uh, he went in there and they got special permits to go in there because it's uh, very hard to access and all that. And they ended up finding a hair sample on a tree. And when they took it back to the lab uh, after the expedition, uh, they ran it through the DNA database. And they were like, this is very similar to a human being and it's definitely a primate but does not match anything in the database it is a unknown primate. And they're like, so it's a new species. And they basically said, well, we need like more evidence. We can't like say it's a new species, but it is a primate and there isn't supposed to be any primates uh, at all living in Bhutan. So, so there you go. Uh, they get the Yeti. Um, there's also this uh, mountain called Gengar Punsem, which is the highest mountain unclimbed in the world. And it's off limits too, because in the Buddhism religion, it's viewed as a home of the gods. And in another documentary, um, these guys went there and long story short, they took a DNA sample from a small lake there and the DNA sample came back to be human. Uh, they detected human DNA, but only 99% human. So there is a 1% variation. And they're like, well, that could be just like some strange ethnic group we've never discovered. Or that could be a completely different species that's very similar to human, but not quite. And uh, the 1% variation is enough to be an entirely different species because like chimps are 98.5 i think percent so uh so based on those two like very very solid scientific uh data i would say the yeti is absolutely exists it's real and there's hard evidence at this point uh other than that i don't know much about it <laughs> It kind of lends credence, Ben, to the idea that they could be archaic hominids, like Neanderthals or Homo florensis, like things that existed when we did, and instead of driving them to extinction, we just drove them to the less hospitable areas where we don't live. Like, we think we are masters of all we survey, but we haven't even surveyed all we claim to be masters of. Exactly. Well, they also could be just racist. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that explains why he's because, wearing a clan hood. <laughs> because I mean, the whole idea with the Neanderthals, they they had once thought that we had outcompeted them and we had like killed them, but they actually discovered that we had just like also humped them, and so we had just kind of interbred and kind of just became one type of hominid. 
And so if there is a group out there that has not had tasty human DNA, I think that they're ethno-nationalists. I think they're a group of just racist evil <laughs> chimpanzees. They like to be referred to as the purebloods and, you know, <laughs> the purebloods yeah. Bigfoots out there is what it is. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, they're separatists. They're 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 just separatists. They have been, and they've been keeping it pure, right? Maybe that maybe because if it's not pure, then all of a sudden you lose your ability to sort of like shift between dimensions. Oh, oh you know, yeah, they yeah. Have to hold on to those, yeah. And so they, yeah, it's there's a lot of interbreeding so that they can keep those uh, special powers that they have. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very Harry Potterish kind of thing. It's it's good, you know. So I, I like it. I, I like the idea that there are horribly racist Bigfoot. That's what it is. I think that's the name of this episode. Bigfoot's racist. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. That 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 is a whole thing. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go, I, I think I think a hundred percent that should be a whole topic of. He is Bigfoot racist. Like why, that. Why is he avoiding us? Why <laughs> is he avoiding us? Exactly. But some Man, Bigfoots are really known to be, be jerks. Yeah, some Bigfoots are hostile to people. Uh, you know, there's a whole Ape Canyon encounter where Bigfoots attacked these guys and were throwing rocks at them. And that's something you hear a lot. Like they, they'll throw rocks at you. Mm -hmm. That's not cool. Well, like, uh, I don't know. Explain the structures, Ben. Instead of the X's as being markers for teleportation rings, maybe that's just their version of the swastika. And they're yeah. <laughs> the, the rock throwing Bigfoots are definitely the get off my lawn Bigfoots, is what it is. In, yeah. in Vietnam, their version of one of their versions of Bigfoot is are they call rock apes? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's, that's well, really what it is. I've always heard the ones up in Alaska, especially, are uh, more aggressive and and also a lot bigger, like every and other animal. Bigger and more but, uh, aggressive. Than Alaska. If there is actually a TV show that came out like a couple years ago called Alaska Killer Bigfoot, and it was all about. It sounds stupid, but it's all about the Portlock, Alaska. It's now a ghost town, and the reason it became a ghost town is because in the 1940s there's so many people started dying and they were dying and their bodies would turn up out in the woods and they would be kind of like mutilated. They would be chopped up. They would be like ripped apart and they would like all these people started getting brutally murdered out there and people. And there was also a bunch of Bigfoot sightings, even though that wasn't what they called it. But, uh, uh, eventually everyone just, up and left because they thought this uh, crazy Bigfoot creature was terrorizing them and wanted to kill them all. And uh, I, I kind of think it's very compelling, but at the same time, I also wonder if it wasn't just some crazy serial killer who then blamed it on Bigfoot. So I don't know. It's a really interesting uh, case. You know, it's yeah. fascinating, Ben, because it reminds me a little bit of the story that Drew told us earlier. Like, what if it was some natives trying to get some of the white folks, some of those settlers in there to get the heck out, you know? And so they're trying to, like, well, exactly what you said, Drew. Like, they have sort of like a hired assassin that can uh, uh, take any form, any type of shape. And so maybe he took the shape of a Sasquatch and just started 
taken vengeance out. On those well, you hear similar and... stories on reservations in the States where skinwalkers will uh, go after non-natives that have come into their areas and commit murders and whatnot. So we just, the realm yeah. of possibility. We just got a we just got a fan submitted story a hundred percent about that about uh, somebody trespassing on the res to go fishing and now they've got what they believe is a skinwalker that has now followed them and now they're calling it a curse they're like yeah the the native people like so the the long and short of the story I don't, I don't want to get too too far chasing squirrels but long and short of it is a teenage kid he he was trespassing. They called the law. The law told him, do not come back um, for trespassing. But the the chief or, or, you know, the chief or whoever was in charge of the, the actual tribal police was like, if you come back, it will follow you. And, like, we're, we're keeping you safe by telling you, do not come back. And then his fan story says he cut the barbed wire fence, went out again, and... Now all the fishing gear, everything that he left because something chased him off the reservation, is showed back up at his house, and the, you know, with a with a letter that said, "We warned you, we can't help you know. There's nothing we can do for you now. Like, can't call it off. Once it knows who you are and where you are and what you're doing, it, that's that's on you. So I, there there might be something behind you know a lot of that that you know. My my wife is is actually it's we were talking about Alaska. My my wife is actually Alaskan native. Like her her family grew up there, and um, that I've heard those Bigfoot stories, and it is one of those things. A lot of the the, the Inuit people and the, and the people up there do believe that you know it, it's it's an ancient it's an ancient race. Like there there is no controlling it, and it it does not like that you are there. So yeah, in, in a way, it's a racist Bigfoot. It's like, look here, you know, you're in my, you're on my property. I need you to leave. Look here, boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the interesting like Eastwood version out there somewhere. Oh yeah, it's a Clint Eastwood. Yeah, just Nate. throwing out racial slurs. Just you, yeah, Nate. Thing. Do you remember in the Bigfoot Museum, like it was showing all the names of the native tribes and their translations? And a couple of them were like super creepy. Like there's a, I want to say the face eaters was what yeah. this one yeah. tribe was their version of Bigfoot, but they called it the face eaters. Okay, I'd like to know more about that. Well, he's <laughs> one probably where a, a lot of the stuff that I tie back to uh, the Native Americans when they talk about the Bigfoot and when they talk about uh, the giants, uh, like because there were some Native American tribes that talked about uh, giant races. Uh, that had red hair um, that were cannibals that would, uh, you know, they would come in, you know, and do a little R&M, some room for murder, you know, sort of things, terrible stuff to the village. And uh, there's that story, I think, was it the Apache? I can't remember what nation that was uh, that had to like basically confront these big red hair giants and eat them or not, not eat them. The, the giants were eating them. Uh, they they uh, confronted them and they got them into a cave and they burned them alive, I believe, is how they killed these uh, race of giants. And a lot of times, man, I think that that's what the Bigfoot was, I think. But I think it also can be tied back to the Nephilim. I think it can be tied back to those giant races. And so I think it kind of opens the door for all kinds of different things, what uh, what these Bigfoots were. Yeah, well, uh, I, what, what, yeah, what I always tie it back to is uh, the Sumerian story of Gilgamesh, and he had his companion, Enkidu, 
which was like this wild man covered in hair. Uh, by the way, the oldest like epic story ever written on our planet happens to mention this supposed wild man, completely hairy, lived in the woods until like uh, he got civilized. Uh, yeah, it's it's really weird if you think about it, and and that ties into like the Nephilim, obviously, because people always compare the Anunnaki and all that to sure. the yeah. Watchers and all that, which is interesting. Yeah, and there always there always seems to be an element of they eat children or they go after children just because they're an easy feed or an easy meal. In the Kadachi Man, the story I mentioned at the start, one of the issues is on their face they're not evil or good; they're just neutral. But if they get called upon to do too many murders and they get so much blood on their hands, they turn evil. And if that happens, they go after the tribe that hired them and they spend the rest of their lives eating the children of the tribe. Dude, that sounds kind of like a skinwalker story. Because I think wow. they turn on their own tribesmen. That's how they become a skinwalker, correct? And they, they eat or kill one of their yeah, uh, something similar to that. Well, my daddy, my, my daddy responsibilities have, have called me away. I'm going to leave y'all in the wonderful hands of Andy. But, dude, it was so good to, talking to all of y'all. But uh, I got to go handle a, a, a throw-up issue. That was what I was getting called for. So, guys, thank y'all so much for having us on. Andy is going to take over the rest of it. I'm going to go clean up skin. Um, I'm going to go clean up nasty puke. But you guys are awesome. Thank you guys again so, so much. Absolutely, bro. Good meeting you. Cheers, man. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> yeah, the joys of fatherhood. <laughs> oh, you're telling me. <laughs> uh, man, heck yeah, that's awesome. So we'll have you do his plugs when we end this, so uh, you can you can tell everybody about paranormal paranormal night shift again. Um, oh. uh, but um, I think we can hang on for another like 10, 15 minutes. You guys got it? Well. In I got, uh, well, I've already told like this on some other shows and I think years ago I, or whenever I was first on reality czars, I told it, but I had a pretty, uh, terrifying, what I think was a Bigfoot encounter, uh, as a teenager. Um, I can tell that story if you want. You should it's buddy. The, Actually, uh, hold on. I'm going to bring this up real fast. We had a comment from Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany said she lives in Minnesota. Let's see here. And she swears that she had a Bigfoot family living behind her house. Uh, at night, there were sounds that you would hear that were terrifying. So this is it actually reminded me of that story. And so I wanted to give Tiffany a shout out. Thank you for sharing that. Ben, tell us your story, buddy. All right. So uh, I remember clearly I was in the sixth grade. So I was probably like 11, 12 years old. And at the time, uh, my family lived in Ashland, Oregon, which is right by the border of California. It's a very like mountainous area. Great Sasquatch country, probably only like two hours away from Shasta and also a uh, Red Bluff or wherever it was uh, that Patterson Gimlin was filmed. Yeah, so, well, yeah, um, I'm from Northern California, so I was pretty yeah. Close to you, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're Humboldt, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Ashland, I'm sure you've been through there. But anyway, uh, my parents lived out, like, way out in the woods. And um, so I remember me and two of my friends, we were um, 
they were over at my house and we were having a, a camp out out on my backyard on a on this giant trampoline we had in the backyard but this is like in the middle of the forest so um we go we were camping out on the trampoline and uh we kept on starting to think we were hearing footsteps out in the woods we would hear it and it would start and then it would stop and then we would hear it from a different direction completely. We'd hear something walking, and then it would just stop. And, uh, you know, anyone, like everyone who's spent time in the woods, you always hear noises. That's normal. But we were hearing legitimate footsteps. And uh, this continued for probably the course of over an hour or two. And we were, uh, like, at that point, it was pitch black. We were all getting, like, really kind of, like, freaked out. We are like, we should just go back inside because we know there's something out here. And so to our left, um, there's – it's flat level surface, and then the ground slopes down to our left about 20 feet away. And our house is about 20 feet behind us. And so we hear all of a sudden a very, very loud snapping crash sound. And it kind of like sounded like a tree getting snapped, a small tree just getting ripped in half. And then we hear something running up this hill. We can't see it at this point. It's like 50 feet away. We hear something bipedal running up the hill, crash, crash, crash. It's running up the hill, and when it gets to the top of the hill, 20 feet away from us, it lets out a deafening screech. And uh, the only way I can describe it is it kind of sounds like a velociraptor from Jurassic Park. It was very, very high-pitched, very loud. And at that point, me and my friends, we all just ran. We just booked it back to our house and locked the door. And uh, we were terrified. It was, it was kind of like a fight or flight mode kicked in at that point. And honestly, like, I, I didn't even look. Like, I just ran for my life at that point. I was so scared. And so um, looking back on that experience, I don't know what it could have been other than a Bigfoot because the only like large animals we have out in Southern Oregon are bear, deer, and uh, mountain lions. And so someone could probably make the argument, oh, that could have been a mountain lion. It was really loud and clumsy, and then it like screeched at you for some reason. But to me, like I distinctly remember bipedal foot bipedal uh, running, and it was loud. And uh, it, I, in all of my life, I've only seen one mountain lion. And mountain lions aren't, like, very aggressive. Like, they have no reason to go up and screech at a bunch of people. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm, I'm very convinced that it was a Bigfoot. And I don't know why this particular one was such a jerk. Wanted to scare us to death, but... I think anyway. he was just coming to say hi, dude. He just no. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrifying. Uh, it was like the old man on Family Guy. Uh, on Family Guy, like, 
Hi, guys. <laughs> he had a couple of you guys in the backyard jumping on the trampoline. He thought it was his lucky night. Man, no, no. Like, yeah, for a long time, I thought it was my brother pranking me. And I've asked him so many times, and he swears on his life. I've, like, asked him. He's like, that was not me. And, like, I swear to God, it wasn't human. Like, there's no human being that can make that kind of sound. And uh, my parents, they're like, oh, it was probably um, a trespasser. Because occasionally, like, we'll get, like, trespassers where people just get lost walking around in the woods. I was like, what kind of person is going to go sneak around and then go like screech at a bunch of kids like that is messed up you know i mean uh it was weird so i think it was a i i know it was a big foot so you know yeah buddy who knows if you had not run back inside the house what would have happened you might have become a forest bride i i don't know man <laughs> I, I wish I had looked. I wish I had just shined my flashlight and seen what the fuck it was. But, you know, what can you do? Well, you risk becoming a human flashlight. That's the danger. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy, yeah. Have you had any paranormal experiences yourself? No, me? Yeah. So, I remember this one time. It was way back when. Like, I was seven, eight years old. I went up and visited my Grammy up in Indiana. And, my y'all, she she has, like, an old school. Like, it, it used to be a schoolhouse. So, she bought it, and it ended up getting converted into, a like, an actual house. Well, in on the second floor, so you had like the kids' room, and then you had a closet that had a closet part, but there was a walkthrough space at the back of the closet that leaded to a part of the attic. And some of the nights I was there, I heard some weird things going on in the attic. So, of course, me, I naturally yeah. asked my Grammy. I'm like, so why do I keep on hearing all these weird things going on in your attic? She's like, oh, that's just a ghost up there. I like, Y'all, I don't do ghosts, believe it or not. I don't do ghosts. I don't do creepy things. I don't do any of those things. I just like telling people stories. But needless to say, did I actually physically see it? No, but can I believe it? I mean, I heard it. I heard it rustling in the attic. I mean, I don't know. It could have been a a raccoon or something. I mean, I don't know. No, and are you an only child? No, I have a uh, I have a little sister. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna make that joke then. <laughs> it could have been, could have been Ben's it's brother. Like, well, you the sound you're hearing in the attic was like your grandpa molesting your brother. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I got a little sister. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't want to make that joke. <laughs> you did anyways. <laughs> you lasted so long without being inappropriate. <laughs> you got it in the last 10 minutes. 
Yeah, Andy, so, uh, believe it or not, my mom, she's down in the chat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I saw, I saw mom over there. Yeah. Yes, I asked my mom. Oh, yeah, she goes, so yeah. my dad, goes, he's dad actually, he actually seen, seen yeah. the ghost in that. Hi, Andy's and, mom. Shout out to Andy's mom. <laughs> but, uh, um, apologize for Nate's behavior. Oh. <laughs> Where do you think I got a lot of my wittiness from? <laughs> She's worse you than know, me. You know what though, Andy? You sound like the perfect template for a guy who does like the show and all this stuff, builds content, doesn't necessarily believe or see it, but unwillingly brings it upon themselves by reading a story, and then you're haunted for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I do that. Are, so are believe there it any... or not, like I know I know a lot of y'all, y'all don't know my my y'all don't know me outside of paranormal night shift, and a lot of people don't within the paranormal night shift community but with grace and in myself we both have our own huge brands yeah but <laughs> i mean feel together. free to plug that yeah definitely talk about uh your other brand as well okay so yeah, yeah. i am known as the what we got guy um i react to funny and dumb stuff and now i'm getting into more of my own comedy and so I'm known as Relarious everywhere on social media. Um, between all the platforms, I have over 1.4 million followers. Um, I've got over half a mil on YouTube. I've got over 600K on the ticker talk. I've got oh shit, 170 something on. So you're in Facebook. the Illuminati, is what you're saying. You're in the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, it's no thing, it's no big thing. Yeah, I mean, and I got I got like forty something thousand on 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 the gram. So, yeah, I'm. It's one I'm of those fake Illuminatis, though. It's like it's one of those people that inbox you on Instagram, and he oh, actually God. paid the five hundred dollars to join that Illuminati. <laughs> it actually worked this time. <laughs> no, no, believe it or not, like. You know, me getting up to this, like, it, it was a grind. Like, it, it, it did not happen overnight. It was a grind, and I've been grinding for, like, over two years. So, it's been a it's been a hard grind and a lot of lessons. There's a lot of lessons. Yeah, um, Grayson, he's, you can find him on, on Ticker Talk. You can find him on the Gram. You can find him on Facebook. He's also everywhere. But he's um at Grayson Magaha Comedy. And his biggest platform is TikTok, to where me, I'm kind of spread out everywhere. But his biggest platform is TikTok, and he's about to hit 800 k on it. What are you and, guys gonna uh, do when they finally outlaw it? What TikTok? <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about it, believe it or mm. not. I still got YouTube, Facebook, and in the gram. I'm good. Plus, I've got an email list. There you go, buddy. So, I mean, but, and that's the thing, like, whenever it comes to paranormal night shift, which is, like, this is Grayson and I's, like, so you you had, like, two, two huge, like, creators, and we came together for this amazing project called Paranormal Night Shift. And there's a reason why it took off the way it did. And it was by design. Um, I did not expect for it to take off as 
fast as it did, but I knew it was going to take off because of it took, basically we took my marketing and his marketing with me knowing how all the social media things work and function and that type of ordeal. Cause I've, I've, I've equally grown up on different platforms and with me kind of knowing how the different platforms tick, I I'm like, all right, we can take your stories. And then from your stories, we're putting them everywhere. We're putting them on the podcast platforms, putting them on Facebook, YouTube, like all the things. And he's like, we can do that. And I'm like, it's a piece of cake. Let's roll with it. So we like, it was the mat in a matter of two weeks over on, over on Facebook, we hit like 70,000 followers in the matter of a month. I think we had close to, I want to say it was like between three and 400,000 followers. Heck yeah, like, man. We grew fast on Facebook. Well, that's you, where I found you guys, dude. Yeah. yeah. Sitting on the toilet, oh, drinking man. a beer at midnight. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to but, go kill a whole heap thing. of moderators to get to those kind of numbers. <laughs> figure out what kind of shadow bands and things dude, I'm place on I did not realize I was speaking with, <laughs> with Facebook royalty. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, and now we're sitting at 525K. Like, oh, yeah, dude. Like it's just it's grown tremendously now. Also, me, I'm a traffic junkie. Like I'm like, all right, we're getting a bunch of traffic over here. Let's let's start moving it over to YouTube. So we started doing that. So like, and that's like whenever we're splitting up everything. Is so with the stories being so long, we have to split them up into parts, and we used to just as however long the video was that's how many parts we did now we're kind of cutting it back to you're getting one through four if there's a five six and a seven you got to go to youtube for it like it just yeah it's really annoying (laughs) (laughs) it's like it is what it is but see in in every single post um so the with the way facebook works you cannot put well you can but it's never recommended you can well so we put the links to the youtube channel in the comments over on the facebook reels and um so so with it people know to and so with the way facebook works whenever you whenever the page itself posts in the comments those comments typically come up first and with them coming up first people know like hey go here to go to the basically just to see the rest of it and it's that's worked pretty much flawlessly so now we're migrating our audience from facebook over to youtube we've already gained geez i think we're at like 72 7300 like subscribers on youtube now and it's just, it's slowly growing on YouTube and over on Spotify, which by the way, y'all can also follow Paranormal Night Shift. It is a podcast. It's on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, like all the, all the podcast things. Like it's, it's everywhere. And just on Spotify, we're about to hit 1,500 followers 
on Spotify itself, which I mean, to, to us, that's phenomenal. Yeah, buddy. Cause you've only been doing it for like a couple months, right? We on launched the, the, on brand, the, audio, the podcast. Yeah. So we launched the brand like July. I think it was July 23rd is whenever we launched paranormal night shift. Like, you, were we bought, me, you were, you were around. So you guys have been doing this for like just a couple months and you're around 40,000 audio downloads. I remember, dude, it was like our first year. I think we broke like 35, 40, something like that. It took us a year to get that. And then we started like really pumping it up after that. But yeah, uh, yeah dude. So, I mean, you guys have phenomenal growth. That is fucking yeah. awesome. So well, I, I'm like you sitting here. You guys are killing it. It's I'm sitting here like it. taking notes right now. So, so here's the thing. Once you find your, your platform or I'll say, once you find your main platform, you double down on that platform, whatever one it is. Like with us, Facebook skyrocketed pretty much overnight. And with it, we had to, with the traffic we were getting, we had to move it somewhere. Does so with us, we can't just leave it on Facebook. Because to me, if we just leave it on one platform, then we're fully depending on that one platform for everything. And with me knowing how social media is and how social media works, it's nothing but a matter of, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you get demonetized. And it doesn't matter what niche you're in. It's not if, it's when. And that's on every platform. I still have flashbacks to the great MySpace crash of 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I miss MySpace sometimes, man. Dude. I miss Tom. I really do. I miss Tom. He, he was my friend. He's everyone's friend. <laughs> oh, I know. I miss Tom. Even Let's though MySpace some... still is around, it's just not MySpace anymore. Yeah, dude. And I'm kind of glad about that. Don't try to find me in the way back because, good God, I have <laughs> fucking cringy. Like, I thought, I think I thought it was a gangster at some point. And there's like stupid pictures of me with like bags of pot and stupid stuff. Like, <laughs> that was such a jackass. <laughs> oh, goodness. Man, we all did dumb stuff when we were younger. I mean, hell, I still do now, but that's beside Do you guys have any uh, last-minute spooky tales? I, dude, thank you, everybody, that joined us in the live chat. Thank you, everybody. Thank you guys for, for being part of this, too. This is a spooky live stream for uh, pretty damn cool. We had a Friday the 13th in October. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah, of mm -hmm. all months, we had a Friday the 13th in, in October. Uh, but one thing I will say whenever it comes to uh, spooky places and that type of thing, and in fact, a fan turned me on to this place. So, so that's also another thing that we do over on Facebook. We do engagement posts, and those engagement posts are very intentional because we're wanting the audience to tell us what they want to hear. And there, to me, like there's really nothing better than hearing what the audience wants. And then I can we can literally give it to them. So in our Haunted America series, we Grayson's doing different states. I do different cities. And the one of the most recent cities we did was over in Rome, Georgia. Which, by the way, I've been to Rome, Georgia. Georgia. I used to drive a semi. So yeah. But um. So apparently, there's this road called the CCC Road. 
it's an old like logging road that dead ends into an old abandoned church. And it is known as Seven Bridges Road or the Devil Worshippers Road. And the reason why it's called the Seven um Seven Bridges Road is because on the way there, you'll cross over seven bridges. But on the way back, you only cross six. Damn. And it's fascinating. No one can explain it. Some people say that seventh bridge, you're entering into like some type of a portal or what have you. Um, that's that's one of the stories. Um, and also what happens if you stop on that bridge? I have you no idea. I just I mean you won't see my big tail on it. Like as soon yeah. as they say this thing's haunted and spooky, no, I'm good. But you just send a drone down there. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but uh, what if something spooky gets my drone like that? Drones ain't cheap. Uh, the good ones ain't cheap. Let's put it that way. <laughs> the good ones ain't cheap. I mean, you can get little toy ones all day long. They just fall out of the sky, but mm, that's a whole different. That's a whole different show. Uh, Mama says but, uh, she's got a long time. She's got a long time friend who lives down in Rome, Georgia. That doesn't surprise my, my mom knows so many people and ain't even funny. But, uh, but yeah. Like and also like where that road dead ends at with that old like abandoned church, it um oh yeah it's called Mountain Springs Church and it's it's one hundred percent abandoned and it is known to to say if you park in front of the church at night and leave your headlights on, you will end up seeing a ghost at some point in time go in front of your car. And then just disappear. And there's also rumors of hearing screams, howls, crying, and all that kind of stuff inside that church. Like it's just reading about it is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, see, that's that's the next thing you guys got to get into is you and Grayson got to go. Uh, you guys got to go straight there, and you got to start live streaming on location from these haunted locations. Actually, we kind of did that in Savannah over the weekend. Not this week, but last last week. We yeah. just left Savannah, Georgia. Um, we actually went to the uh, railroad. Actually, went to uh, the railroad museum, children's museum, and the um. Oh shit! Um, it's um uh, old Fort Jackson. And I tell you, I tell you one damn thing for sure. Whenever, whenever we were inside that railroad. Railroad Museum. We went to like one of the the buildings with the presses and all that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden, now mind you, both doors were literally on the same side. So like there was there was no room for a cross breeze because everything else was shut, like like shut. The ropes, all that shit was like swinging. Like ropes, chains, all that stuff. Now, not like a hard swing, but like they were all like swinging and that kind of ordeal. And we we're like, why do you say swing? It ain't even breezy. We're just coming from. So, the other side, we went live and yeah, we, we, we had fun enough. with it. Good. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that, we went live a few times there. And uh, plus a hotel that um, we stayed at. The elevator was weird. So 
we said at the embassy suites there in, in Savannah and beautiful hotel. Very, very, very nice. But one of those elevators was haunted. Like it was Grayson. Grayson, (laughs) Grayson touched your ass. He said it was a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> no. So this this literally happened. So the old ghost grab. Yeah, I've I've seen that one. <laughs> so uh like I said, we we went on it was exoplasm. It was a what? <laughs> Is that exoplasm on my <laughs> on my bad leg or, or you just to see me? <laughs> hey, it might have been. It might have did hey. But anyway, but uh but for real though, real though, y'all. This is creepy. It's really creepy. So there's three elevators. Three Mama elevators. like that one. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, where do you think I got my sense of humor from? <laughs> my mom got a dirtier mind than I do. Shit. <laughs> All right. Anyway, oh, there went monetization. Damn it. <laughs> um, but uh, so the very first elevator we got on it. First time we got on it, went up, went up to our floors. Not a problem. No hitch. No nothing. Second time we got on the elevator, like we all got on. It was his family, my family. Grayson walked on it. Mind you, y'all, my oldest has got a sense of humor. All right. My and he he has a filter, but he forgot his filter that night. He forgot. So we all got on the elevator and the Grayson hopped on it, and then the door stopped. Like it came out about three inches. It came out three inches and stopped and just started buzzing. And we were like, what the, what the hell going on? This like, and it just started buzzing. And that kind of, we were like, why the hell is this thing stop? But of course, then, then my oldest, he popped up like, maybe we exceeded the weight limit. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. <laughs> I was like, you can't say that. Of course, we're all laughing as we're saying you can't say that. But um, but no, so then we just walked out, pushed the button, another elevator came down and we went up. But it just we're like just it came out just a couple inches, wouldn't go back. I might not get on the next elevator. I might turn around. <laughs> Well, I am very, um, I'm very, uh, round as a shape. Okay. Round as a shape over here. It very much is. Um, my big tail ain't walking upstairs. No, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll risk it. I'll take the elevator. You just got to risk Grayson in the elevator. That's the biggest risk of all, right? <laughs> I, I'll risk the elevator. I, I'll, I'll risk he was a CEO. He's seen worse. Oh, don't even get me started on the crap I've seen in prison. Oh, my good Lord. Did, did anyone ever report ghosts in prison? Back when I was a CEO, I was a youngin'. I thought I knew everything. But my uncle, who was actually in prison there, I believe he told me something about something going on. You were watching over your uncle while he was in prison? No. So here's he went, he ended up before I started working at that prison, 
he got transferred over to so here in the state of florida the prison system is great it's fantastic (laughs) it's weird let's put it this way the prison system here in the state of florida it's um um so the institutions i worked at they um uh, they, they didn't have air conditioning but he ended up yeah that tells you about the prison system here in florida you don't need if you go to a state run prison prison odds are they ain't got air conditioning at all they got exhaust fans but ac nah don't work you've just convinced me to like never even speed again in this state (laughs) (laughs) well you know the old saying for state of florida right like this is if if somebody is an outsider coming to florida I want you to remember this, this, this saying. Come to Florida on visitation. Leave on probation. I have heard that. Yeah. Come back for a violation. And then you stay for the duration. That holds true here in the state of Florida. I, I'm not big into like ghosts and curses and cra- like I love it. I love all the concepts and talking about it. But there is something specifically when I start going more towards South Florida, I get this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that I'm not going to make it back out. And it's not because it's of the glitched. cryptid. It's, it's I just feel like I'm going to get pulled over and someone's going to have a bad attitude, and I'm not going to be able to leave. You know, Fort Myers or something. This probably looks back to night Fort theory. Myers. As much as Miami. Well, I just Miami. don't go to Miami. I yeah. mean, I just, yeah. <laughs> I got no Fort look Myers, at me. I got no Fort Myers, you, you be all right. <laughs> yeah, Thomas, Myers, be all right. I got buddies that work in Tampa. So, like, yeah. Like, yeah, Thomas, one of my old say- classmates works in Tampa. Drew, what were you saying, brother? I was like, Thomas, would you say it's the feeling of going down to the tip of Florida and it's related to what Nate said about it looking like Sasquatch's wang? Is that what the feeling is? <laughs> that it's cursed? <laughs> the, oh, the, the, it's Honestly, the once you once you, like, <laughs> like a threshold, right? Like once you get to this, like South Florida, it starts becoming more like New York. Um, and then mm-hmm. it just gets crazy. Once you get into the Keys, it's just like there's no rules anymore. And everyone just day drinks, and it's kind of nice. It's kind of delightful once you get past that threshold. But there's a really scary. It's basically like a stretch of alligator alley where it's uh-huh. just straight, and people pass out on the road because it's so boring. And it, it's it's so weird, bro. It's like you're going through a completely different realm that you enter on the other side of it, but in both uh-huh. ways. Isn't oh, Florida like the elephant yeah. graveyard of America anyway? All the old people go there to die from like L.A. and New York, and the, and the Cardies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the pop lore of Florida. It's the seniors and then the Everglades and then Miami. Man, it's crazy out there. Mama, Alcatraz Prison is in San Francisco. It's uh on the off the coast of San Francisco on an island. But there is uh, a bunch of prisons yeah. down in down in South Florida, but yeah. In Coral yeah, Castle. Would, That's probably the coolest thing in South Florida would be Coral Castle. Nate, I was kind of wondering, uh, what was it like growing up in Humboldt County? Like, were you near the whole like Murder Mountain area, like the whole uh, yeah. danger zone? That was about 30, 40 minutes from me south. Um, yeah, I mean, Eureka. So, Eureka is where I grew up, which is like uh, 
the city. So there's like 30,000 people. So that's that's the big city inside of Humboldt County. Yeah. So it's a little area. I, I think it's much bigger now since I left. But growing up, it was like it was pretty small. Um, uh, it was gnarly, dude. It's it's not a great place. It's pretty. It's like uh, beautiful. Like, uh, but Yeah, there's like fucking forests and mountains and trees like we had the sequoia giants these big redwood trees that are just fucking enormous down the redwoods are full of bigfoot dude it's just wild and then we're also on the coast on the pacific ocean and so like you have the best seafood in the world it's just but aren't you like surrounded by just weed and uh like marijuana all at the time illegal growing operations every everywhere <laughs> like yeah everywhere I mean, I was eight years old the first time I smoked pot. Uh, I went over to a friend's house, and his mom was sitting there smoking a bong. And she was like, you want to hit? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> just like cocked my brains out and just got stoned and ate like Pop-Tarts or something, you know? Just <laughs> and, and did you ever go to like fucking like, like Master Chef stuff? What's that? Ben, did uh, what were you saying, buddy? I think you said, have you ever gone to Mount Shasta? Yeah. Mount Shasta. Yo, I definitely have been to Mount Shasta. I've been to Trinity Lake. I've been to all of those different areas. Well, have, you know, uh, Mount Shasta has, like, such a infamous reputation. Like, everyone talks about, like, the, uh, like the whole underground city, uh, the Lemurians. Uh, it's supposed to be Bigfoot. It's supposed to be UFOs. And personally, I've been to Shasta like more times than I can count. I've never seen shit there. Like well, I haven't seen anything, but I do get the vibe. Like it's a really strange area, but I have personally never seen anything, which is disappointing. So what I've heard particularly is like the places that are super like uh, active you know, in Mount Shasta are all on private land that they, that have been purchased and you're not allowed to go on like those areas or are either government controlled or are in private hands. Um, and so you can't go to those places. What, what do you think about the whole idea of, uh, the Lemi but you cut out, but I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about Lemuria. I think you were going to talk about like that, that uh, Thomas, you know what I'm talking about? What's the name of that a Sh Shambhala or something? What's the name of that? Like, it's supposed to be like a city inside of like the face of the mountain. There's supposed to be like an opening. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, my comic series, secret mystery schools on this exactly where they find the entrance through Mount Shasta into either Shambhala or like, it's not Shangri-La because that's uh, Eastern, but a lot yeah. of people tend to, to up, use right? them interchangeably. I um, think it's called uh, Telos. Oh, Telos is also yeah. the yeah, name of the it's city. An, it, it has, because that one um, talks to like ancient Greek almost. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's fascinating. But I don't know. I, I don't know anyone that's actually said they found the the portal or the it, entryway. You know there. what, buddy? I've got uh, contact information uh, for a guy that has found the opening to Telos and he can actually tell us about the city. For so serious? Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely. It's totally serious. We should have him on. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I just, I got to get a hold of him. So, well, uh, the thing I, 
to mention it's Ben, you keep cutting in and out, buddy. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> People Okay, you're out again. Oh. Must be in Talos. That's where he is. The signals are very yeah. strong. <laughs> he, he actually found it and he's just seeding yeah. like putting plants of doubt right now. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't want me talking about Telos. Uh it keeps censoring me every time I bring <laughs> that up, dude. I think I'm on to something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I don't <laughs> Dang. We'll never know what is going on right now. <laughs> we do. I don't I don't know what's why I keep getting cut out. Telos, Telos. I think the signal's probably better in Shangri-La. That's much better dial-up speeds over there. They're on 5G. I've always thought the people who are really into all that Shasta stuff are kind of like kooky. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of... I don't really believe... Like, I have a hard time believing it. This is you know coming from I mean? a cryptozoologist author. Yeah. There was like a New Age movement that, that made Mount Shasta really popular for a while. I can't remember the exact name of it, but there was like a guy that would go out there and meditate and claim that there was portals and uh, the concept of ascended masters, that if you become yeah. enlightened, you join these like ascended masters and sort of, you know, like perpetual, uh, like the ether. You like get to come down and help people out that are also going to be ascended masters and they kind of like chill out in the sky out there. And that Mount Shasta was one of the places that connects to that realm. Well, I've I've also heard Mount Shasta is an entrance to a hollow earth, which I think is like I want to believe it. Well, we're back yeah. to Bigfoot now. Well, no, and it does go back to Bigfoot. So, like the opening to Telos inside of there, um, there's supposed to be. And I again, we're gonna have this guy on. I'm gonna have to reach out to him again. Uh, but he supposedly found like giant skeletons and giant bones inside of this area. So uh, we should, I don't want to spoil anything. We'll have him explain it to us, but that's fucking fascinating. Yeah. There's supposed to be like giants inside of Telos. Yeah. We don't have um, anything cool like that in Florida. Like, like if you dig too far down, you just open up a sinkhole and your house goes away. <laughs> Pretty much. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Florida man. I could type in Florida man at any date and it's going to come up with a fantastic story anytime I go on the internet. Florida's got to stuff going on. You want to know what would be even better than Florida man? Look up people of Walmart. <laughs> I can Half imagine Walmart, I can Walmart in Florida. Yeah, that, yeah, Walmart in Florida.com. That's the next one. Is that the mm -hmm. Mecca? The Mecca for all people to go to Walmart? That's like Let's when you find a niche that, that like nothing else satisfies anymore and you got to get to that like very specific niche. It's the, the Florida Walmart niche. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I had to tell, I had to tell my, my experience today. Okay. Y'all, I did not know that there was a thing as a, uh, an emotional support parrot. Emotional support parrot. Parrot. Why not? I mean, honestly, parrots live as long as a human does, and they can talk back to you, right? They're they're fairly intelligent. They're more intelligent uh -huh. than a dog. They uh -huh. eat crackers. You know, you got common foods there. Yeah, you can yeah. share, imagine you can share this. <laughs> imagine this. 
hearing a lady, or no, you hear the parrot go, get your hands off me, lady. <laughs> and then you hear like, shh, shh. What would happen Imagine in the Florida? Imagine that. And, and then you have to go around the corner. Because you're like, damn, is somebody getting kidnapped? Like, what the hell going on over here? What's going on? She's shushing her parrot. But why does the parrot know to say that? Because she's kidnapping kids out of <laughs> out of Publix or what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't ask. I just laughed and didn't walk away. To me, that was funny. And it made a damn good story. <laughs> Honestly, this sounds more like a Winn-Dixie tale than a Publix tale. That's Walmart. Yeah. We both know that Win Dixie. Yeah. I shopped there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, we I figured out before we started thing, recording right? that Andy and Thomas are basically neighbors. Yeah, we just found out. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have dude, I'm gonna have to bring you out for uh for a beer and some some food and pick your brain a little bit. Get get me, you know, on my way to start. I'm like you. Dude, it, it was a grind and it still is. <laughs> I shouldn't say was, it still is a grind. Uh, but I mean, I do it full time now. Hey, mom, mom like, can come on, buy you guys a meal at uh, La Fiesta that's right next to that Win Dixie, bro. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Best Mexican food so, on this side of so uh, Conway. I'm not a huge fan about that, the La Fiesta. I like El, El Potro right down the road. Okay, no, I know. I know it's called to, El, po it, El Potro. I call it El Potro yep, just before it, that. It was a Peruvian place that sucked. Well, before that, it was uh, what cork and fork or something, or fork and cork or some weird shit. We, we've been going, we've been getting gentrified out here. Yeah. Well, I will say that place only have like we ate there like a couple of times, but that's all because they had fried green maters. That was it. <laughs> This is the most inside baseball you can possibly mm -hmm. like. We are not even regional. We're down to like the street <laughs> and a restaurant. <laughs> oh my! Not into walking to your room. Like, like, you I bet you, if I like down. yelled really loud right oh. now, you could probably hear it. If I went outside, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, I, dude. I, you're literally right down the road from my house. I don't need my neighbors to to call me in anymore, so I'm not going to do that. But, but we'll try that out sometime. <laughs> Get one of those but, flashlights uh, and like shine it. And laser Dude, pointers, you, you guys are fine. I'm not allowed to use laser pointers either. It's yeah. long story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I will say there is one place. Um, if you like fried green maters, there's one place I would highly recommend. Please tell me you have went to the Hankry Bison right there in Winter Park. Uh, right next to that uh, AMC Theater or Regal or whatever it is. The, la the Laughing Bison? No, it's called the Hangry Bison. No, I haven't. Hangry Bison. It's right. Oh, it's right there next to uh, the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, the Cheesecake Factory and Ruth Chris and all that stuff. Dude, I was really surprised this past summer. I took it. I took my wife because somebody somebody got a fucking gift certificate to the Cheesecake Factory. I'd normally never fucking go to a place like that because I I am a chef. I wouldn't go to a place. It's like, you know, I want somebody that's actually going to make my shit from scratch. You know what I mean? Some real <laughs> fucking food or I'll make my fucking food, you know, that sort of thing. But you but love, we had food. a gift certificate. So we went to fucking cheesecake factory. I was actually surprised. Their food was actually phenomenal. First of all, mm -hmm. the food was fucking good. Well, I think we got a steak and we got some carbonara. The carbonara was fucking killer. Uh, but all the fucking, the, 
the Freemason and Illuminati symbolism, like all throughout the artwork, all over the fucking building Wait, and inside of the place. Uh, Cheesecake Factory, bro. What the you hell? Go get yourself a slice of fucking Nutella cheesecake because it's killer. Go <laughs> go sit down in there and just check out the spot and look at all of the crazy Freemasonry and Illuminati symbolism inside of your Cheesecake Factory. It blew my mind. Thomas will know what the symbols mean, though. I won't want to eat there again. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not allowed to actually disclose anything about the Cheesecake Factory. I'm bound by, uh, by death oaths. Oh, you're amazing. Death by cream. Yeah, I think, I think this is year 20. Andy, are you also a brother? No. Okay. Not a fellow no, traveler. I got, I got several friends that are there. I got several friends that are Masons. Lodge 239 is, right, is also right. It's actually a little bit uh, south of here. Is it the uh, one? Uh, it's right, it's to... right next to the Scottish Rite. There's a Scottish Rite, and then there's the, the Freemason Temple right next to it. Hal Branch Road. Hal Branch. Oh, okay. So you're at that one. Um, I was referring to the one that's like literally. Almost There's right one right down, down the, the street house. too. That the parking sucks, bro. That's all I gotta say. The parking oh. sucks. It's on a one way, but yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no! So the the one like so there is a uh, a lodge right down the road from my house. It's um right there. It's it's right there. That four way stops on it. Everybody gets in a crash in. Oh, it's, I think we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, like, everybody always gets in a crash right there at that four way stop sign. It just. People here in Florida have no idea how to do four-way stop signs. I don't get it. It should be common sense, but you just you just don't leave the house. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, let's put it this way: I bought my truck brand new, and it's got fifty-one thousand miles on it. And I bought it brand new in nineteen. <laughs> Dude, uh, Nate, um, I just learned the other weekend that we have this building that used to be a uh, old Odd Fellows Lodge here in Oregon City. Where I live, it's well, Oregon City is the oldest city in all of Oregon, right? Like the oldest, uh, like Westerner city or whatever, because it's the end of the Oregon Trail. We have the oldest Masonic Lodge. Uh, I've been in there. Uh, I don't think the Masons really do anything, but we also got an Oddfellows Lodge, which is now a really, really fucking cool, like speakeasy bar type thing. Uh, and it's like in the basement of a building and then like some people are like oh yeah by the way this is uh, Oddfellows and I was like okay well this place must be insanely haunted because the Oddfellows were the secret society that used like actual human skeletons in their like initiation rituals which is weird and creepy like I don't think it's really anything meant to be sinister I don't completely understand it though, but uh, dude, I don't know. I think it's worth uh, checking out sometime. <laughs> yeah, buddy, we should reach out to the owner and see if they'll let us do a little go- uh, ghost investigation there. I think that'd be definitely cool. You just got to buy one of those $30 cocktails, all those stupid speakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, yeah, I spent like over $20 on one stupid drink there. So <laughs> be prepared we for that. We just have to do this and they'll let us down. <laughs> <in the basement>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hell, boys, we're around two hours. Let's give some plugs. Drew, let's start with you, brother. 
Yeah, Drew, missing your Missing the Point podcast. You can find me on all the usual podcatchers. Uh, I'm also part of Conspiracy Theatre 3000 with Moral Bob and Ryan Dean, popping out a Halloween episode this month. So check that out and you'll really enjoy it. Hell yeah. Thomas, what are you promoting tonight, buddy? Well, I just launched a brand new comic on Indiegogo. It's It was like trending on the front page already. It's called uh, Frazzle Drip Funhouse. And it's like an ode to B-horror movies and a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. On top of that, though, uh, I just did a huge order. I've got 18 different titles that I've just restocked, like maybe like a few hundred copies of each. So those are going to be on the website really soon. And this weekend, I'm putting together a whole bunch of these guys. People have been loving these. So these are my Hunter Biden party packs. So they're all a little bit different, but they've all got like, a little beer, a little dime bag. This one's got a little gun in it. I think some like panties are in that one. Uh, this one's got way more beer in it. Uh, and I think like some of them got little laptops and stuff. Here's like another really cool one. It's got a, a, a cigarette in there. Uh, but yeah, this is the Hunter Biden party packs. The little back. It's got the little nepotism facts on there. It has a an actual quote from a lawyer that I really did contact. That says there's no hypothetical case where I'd advise you to sell paraphernalia over state lines if you were asking me, which you are not, because the original <laughs> version was just going to be a crack pipe. But <laughs> apparently, even if you call it like a parody and artwork and a joke, you still you sell Parmesan cheese. And- yeah. Well, I, anyways, I don't want to push it too far. It already seems like it's far enough. So I'll have a few. I'll have a few of these. They're all handmade. They're all unique. But yeah, you can find all these on ParanoidAmerican.com, along with all of my stickers and comic books and everything and i I think we're ready to announce because the artist is going to start next week that nate and i have been working on a bigfoot pamphlet that covers damn near every version of bigfoot we've come across everything that's come up on the show and hopefully you know even like the stuff that drew mentioned we might jack some of that and put it in the pamphlet and uh not even give you credit so that's how we roll (laughs) ben i'll get someone to point the bone at you watch out (laughs) Ben, tell everybody about your new book, buddy. What's the name of it? Where where can they buy it? All right. Uh, you can look up uh, The Land's Forgotten by Time. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's uh, all about uh, lost worlds and the cryptids, like dinosaurs, yetis, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I guess now I'm working on another book, but I also want to film more paranormal stuff, and I also want to get back into music i used to be a musician and then i retired because there's no money in that whatsoever (laughs) but uh so yeah i don't know really what to focus on these days i got so many things i want to do so uh but anyway i guess look me up on instagram anomaly hunter x is probably where i will update anyone about whatever i'm doing and so, our exclusively paranormal YouTube page is called The Anomaly. Oh, yeah. Dang, so you can yeah. find our, any of our little short documentaries that we've made uh, for our ghost hunts or Bigfoot hunts and all that fun stuff. So check us out at Anomaly Hunters on YouTube. Real, yeah. real Andy himself. Buddy, tell us a little bit about yourself, too, I guess. Or tell us all the all the plugs. Where can we find you? Okay, Where so it's actually very easy. It's got a pair yeah, it's actually just very easy. Just go to paranormalnightshift.com. Um, through it, you can find Grayson and I everywhere at the very bottom of, the, of that homepage. 
And on that homepage, you're going to have several different places that you can go as you're scrolling through it. Um, for one, you can sign up to be on our exclusive email list. And on that email list, you're going to get daily emails. And I know some people are like, man, you're going to be sending us an email every freaking day. Yes. We're going to be sending you on email every single day with another spooky story to just give you that little extra spookiness. Because, I mean, these stories, like, they're fan-based. Now, of course, like, we're not copying and pasting. We're actually making them make sense. Some 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 people's writing ain't, ain't all that great. And, well, we're we're assisting them in that in that department. Uh, but yes, you do get daily emails. Also, how to go ad free on the podcast because we are approaching our 100th episode already. So it's just, and there's ads all in the podcast. So we have made it very simple. We've made it less than a latte a month to where you can listen to the whole entire podcast 100% ad free. And you can awesome, get you can get access to it right there on the website. And I said at the very bottom. Oh yeah, we also have merch too now. We have cool little t-shirts and that kind of stuff. We have a link to it on the website. It takes you straight to the merch site. Yeah. I love it, man. You guys are killing it. You guys are coming out with awesome content. I'm enjoying it. That's around like that's my midnight treat while I'm having my midnight beer on the toilet. Uh <laughs> and so <laughs> So in closing tonight, well, everybody, I love you guys. Send us emails. We appreciate every single one of you guys. I love hearing your stories. I've had people tell me their Bigfoot experiences now. Uh, I've had people uh, send me all kinds of like hate mail, love mail, whatever the fuck you want to send us. Uh, so realitiesars at gmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. I always tell my audience, if you live within an hour of Portland, I'll come grab a beer with you. We can hang out. Uh, we can talk shop. Just don't kill me. Uh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. And so closing tonight, we are actually because Thomas just dropped his uh, comic book called The Frazzle Drip Funhouse. We are going to end with uh, the promo for it. So we're going to get to watch a little intro for this. So everybody stick around, watch this video. It's fucking amazing. And then go to ParanoidAmerican.com and buy Frazzle Drip Funhouse. It's fucking awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Let's do this. Frazzle Drip Funhouse. Enter, if you dare, the world of an animatronic bear whose metallic heart beats with a thirst for justice, a hunger for revenge. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, connoisseurs of the macabre and seekers of the scandalous. Your voracious appetites for chilling narratives are about to be satiated by the heart-stopping, pulse-pounding creation of paranoid American and winged sun comics. Abandoned in the dusty corners of amusement, now awoken in the murk of wickedness perpetrated by an evil elite. This is not your childhood fairy tale, but a macabre dance of vindication, soaked in crimson, a symphony of screams echoing in the dimly lit chambers of malevolence. Be prepared for an onslaught of ghastly gore and titillating terror. A wicked waltz through twisted hallways and blood-stained basements where only the brave dare to tread. Quake at the bear's unyielding pursuit, cackle at the sharp and sardonic one-liners, shudder at the graphic, gratuitous scenes that harken back to the glory days of B-horror flicks. 
Frazzle Drip Funhouse is your ticket to a thrill ride of terror. A carnival of carnage where the laughs are as loud as the screams. Uncover the truth beneath the rust and the blood. And remember, nothing is as it seems. Are you ready to step into the Frazzle Drip Funhouse? Where the animatronic eyes are always watching. And vengeance is a game that everyone can play. Get your backer exclusive cover on Indiegogo. For more information, visit ParanoidAmerican.com.